welcome, welcome to the Run With Us podcast, your show for everything Chicago Bulls. And now, your co-hosts, Michael Lavalarte and Kevin McKenna. Welcome back, Bulls fans. Episode 7 of the Run With Us podcast. My name's Kevin. I'm joining the studio here with my co-host, Michael. It is August 1st. Um, unfortunately, fo- the day following the passing of NBA legend Bill Russell, I think it's only right that we start this episode off with a little tribute to him. Yeah, you know, it's hard to appreciate how great he was because we didn't live through that era, but he was insane. What, 11 championships? 11 man? championships, five like, MVPs. That's unheard of these days. We're talking about, you know, we compare Michael Jordan and LeBron with the amount they've won, but I think what combined, they haven't even won 11? No. <laughs> so he is Ten. truly an all-time great. Bill Russell is, you know, he he was a mentor and a role model to so many young athletes growing up. They looked up to him because of what he did, not only for, you know, as a player, but, you know, for the league. You see it, you know, at all the All-Star games, at big events, always the the star players and the young players are always paying, you know, their respects to the legends. And it, one of the guys everyone was talking to is Bill Russell. So yeah, he was always so involved within everything within the NBA community, right? Um, and you can't really say that about every NBA legend. Oh, no, not at all. Not. He was he was easily the most. Yeah, he was a mentor to a lot of NBA players too. Exactly. And you know, they looked up to him for advice, just to say, you know, just to talk with. Imagine getting in a talk with a legend like that. Who who played so many years in the NBA was so successful, you know, went through a lot of adversity. Played at a time where, you know, obviously we had a different country back then. So, to to be as successful in in the game and in his career as he is, and unfortunately now he's he's passed. But he had such a great life and is truly one of the greats. And not just in NBA, but in all of sports and in and in all of I'd say a truly a great celebrity and someone everyone could look up to. Yeah, winner of the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. Right. Um, right. Just goes to show, obviously, like you said, not just an NBA legend, but a legend to humanity. Imagine uh, Someone who stands for so much more than the game. And that's why he was so beloved and why it's such a tragedy to see him pass. Yeah, and as basketball fans, like we said, we got to appreciate the greatness. Even though we didn't live to see it, we we understand what he did for the game. And just honestly, like going back to a player, how good of a player he was. Like we're never going to see a dominant run like Bill Russell's Celtics in in the sixties and seventies. No, never, never again. And you know the the guy is just he was a winner, and he was a true basketball player. And God, he can play some defense. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So with that, rest in peace, Bill Russell. Quick moment of silence. All right, and let's get uh, into the Bulls talk. Yes, and I guess we start off by talking about Kobe White and the news that came out about him. Obviously, nothing major came out, but we were told that he's been on the trade block for about a year now, going back to last season, last offseason, and probably once we signed Lonzo Ball. And now that they've been trying to trade him, they're I think they've probably exhausted themselves this offseason, so they're going to wait till the trade deadline, which means you know a couple things. Obviously... Lonzo's health comes into question, and then the guard rotation. And, I mean, we saw Goran Dragic. We talked about that signing and how that plays a role into the offense next year, into the team next year. So what, what do you think is going to happen with well, all these guards? 
I, this throws a loop into yeah. everything. Because we we've figured Kobe White about. would be gone. And right. Then we'd have the four guys and then fit Dragic. All of our scenarios were pretty much dependent on Kobe White being traded. Uh, let's backtrack. Did you expect Kobe White to have as little value as he, as it's now clear that he he does? I think that it's not that his value is like nothing. It's that his value is just not what the team values him. And I I respect them for not trading him just to trade him, because I'm sure we can get a trade done. And any team would probably want to bring in a young guard with potential, but you know trade him for scraps. But I respect that the front office is like, hey, you know, we understand what Kobe is. He has been inconsistent, but he has potential. He's very young. He can score the ball. And, you know, he's got great size for point guard. He's got a lot of things that that automatically come with a solid player. And he's going to be a rotational guy. You know, this isn't like this isn't Josh Jackson getting traded to the Pistons. You know, this is this is a player who you know what he brings. This isn't a question mark. It's just a matter of can you be consistent with it and can he improve on it? So that the team knows, hey, why should we just trade this guy just for the sake of trading him? We don't need to trade him. But no, I, I, once we have a trade in place that we like that is going to bring equal value to the back to the team, whether it's draft picks or players, that's when I think that the the front office will make that deal. And and I'm like I said, I'm glad that they're not just rushing into trading him just for the sake of it. No, I, I agree. So initially, I think it was the idea of. Such a, having such a young guy that we can afford to give up on the team and that excitement because we can get pieces back for it. Because right. obviously after last season, we just really want to see improvement. Um, now, we didn't get to see the full team healthy, but it's, you know, the idea of building a better foundation, building a better, a deeper rotation is always super exciting. But the bottom line is, Kobe White does have value to us. So... Is it disappointing that he doesn't necessarily have the anticipated value around the league that we anticipated? Of course. But, like I just said, he does bring value to us. He can still be very solid off the bench. Uh, and he can always still improve. Like, he's young. He's young. Was he 23, 24? Yeah. So, yes, like I said, it is disappointing, but it's not the end of the world now the really only the biggest thing now is figuring out what we're going to do with this deep <laughs> guard I, I'm, I'm just this is just furthering the the fact that I don't think Lonzo Ball will be ready for the start of the season we've heard some good things come out from both LeVar and the Bulls side saying oh he's improving you know it's steadily getting better but nothing yet has has shown to me that Lonzo is going to be ready it's oh he's getting better he's improving but he's improving on getting back to where he needs to be to because you remember he was he was ready to come back and then he had a a setback. So he's improving to get back to that point where he was exactly. and then getting the further training and the further conditioning well, done. Well, my biggest issue is the fact that we're hearing two different things and we're hearing the more concerning thing from the more reputable reputable source being our front office and we're hearing the more we're hearing the more optimistic thing <laughs> from Lavar. Now LeVar Ball would tell us that Lonzo Ball's getting better and ready to going to be ready to go if he had half a leg. Right. right. <laughs> so LeVar Ball, now he is his father and obviously he's going to be in the know of what's going on with with, with Lonzo, but I I don't know. I think the front office has not yet given us anything to say, "Oh, this this player is going to be ready. He's he's ready to go by training camp, by preseason, by 
the regular season. Fingers crossed that LeVar is right. Trust me, I, I hope LeVar's telling the truth. He's and been right before. He has been right, and I hope LeVar's not, you know, over-exaggerating a little bit. But we need Lonzo in the starting lineup if we're going to win, you know, and be a successful team. But we don't—I can't say we have a lack of point guard depth now, you know. No. <laughs> we have a few guys who can uh, who can play some minutes at that position. I, that's really going to be the toughest thing to balance it between yeah. that. Uh, some people are just not going to get the role that they expected, the role they want. Including Kobe White, I think know? it's gonna be cutthroat, like we saw last year. Like you said with Kobe White, like there was times where well, the season before Kobe White got benched. Yeah, Lowry Marketing got benched. Mm-hmm. If Billy Donovan is gonna be a good coach for a winning team next season, he's gonna say, "All right, you know, Goran, we promised you these minutes, but if you're, you know, if you're looking like you did on the Nets last year, then you're not gonna get There's those no minutes." Spot. If if Kobe White comes out and is playing like dog poop, then he's not gonna get those minutes. And Billy Donovan is gonna have to be quick to say, you know what. We need this guy to play. If I was playing his ass off, he can't, you know, continue to feed a 36-year-old point guard minutes if if it's not helping the team win. And I think we saw that last year with the way he handled Tony Bradley, Javante Green, Derrick Jones Jr. It was really whoever was playing well at the time was getting the minutes. Right. Javante was usually starting, but there was a lot of times where Derrick Jones Jr. would be in that closing lineup, not Javante. And, you know, there were games where Tony Bradley started but just wasn't getting the job done, so... That's why Derrick Jones Jr. was playing the center in a lot of those games. So, you know, I think Donovan has to be cutthroat in that. Tell the guys, hey, we have a huge rotation of guards that need to play and all want minutes, so you got to go out there and and earn those, whether you're 36 years old or 22 years old. I agree. Now it kind of of summons a strange situation this season, right? Because if we now get to – this is thinking pretty far ahead, but if we now get to the trading trade deadline or around that time and Kobe White has solidified himself as a solid scorer off the bench, um, showed improvements from last year, well, then we don't need to trade him because what we need is that scoring off the bench. But then if we see a, a bit of a disappointing season from him again, not that he was too disappointing, but you know, the lack of consistency, if that continues, well, then he's not going to have the value to trade for anything valuable. Right. So it, it becomes a strange situation in that sense. Uh, I, best I think best that, scenario, he he improves and his value skyrockets. Right. But we keep him on because we need that scoring off the bench. Now, the problem is he's a free agent after next season. And he's if he, if he plays well, then he's going to want – you know, probably somewhere between fifteen and twenty million a year, fifteen and twenty million a year. Sorry, and the Bulls, I don't think are going to give him that unless he like you know puts up like an insane stat line with really good efficiency next year. Right. At the deadline, if he's having a good season, do you capitalize while his value's high, trade him for you know probably a veteran who can also give you that scoring, and then you know maybe some other assets in return too, maybe a veteran in the draft. Well, pick. I think that. Heavily depends on the situation that the team's at. Yeah, that's true. So, like I said, if we're, of course, it's always the best financial business decision to capitalize on players who value is at this highest point towards the end of their contract. But depending on where the team's at, if it looks like we're going to compete, contend even, if he shows that consistency in the scoring off the bench, I could very possibly see us just holding off on him. And And I I think... Like if we're if we're winning games and we're like all right this and Kobe White's a key contributor off the bench and we know we're gonna need that scoring 
whether it's him or someone else in the in the playoffs, it comes down to the idea: do we do we risk losing? You know, bringing someone else in that might not give us what Kobe's been giving us all season, and you know, bringing in assets for Kobe White, or do we just play out the season, play out the playoffs, utilize his good play that he's having, hopefully good play, in the situation we're thinking if he's playing well, and then just let him walk for nothing. Or re-sign him. Because the Bulls can re-sign him because he'll be a restricted free agent. But he's going to warrant money where the Bulls might not want to bury themselves even more into, no, the, and, into that. And at, at that point, you got to think. So Lonzo, we can only assume, is going to be back to normal Lonzo yeah, by yeah. the end of next season. So you've got that. Of course, you have Io DeSumo, who I can only imagine will just continue to improve more the way that that dude works. Right. I mean, the way he works yeah. his ass off. Um, so it'll be an interesting situation to see. I can't see by the start of next season having Kobe White on the roster either way. Right. Uh, it's really and just when you about say next season. You mean this, the 2023-2024 Correct, season. yeah. So not this upcoming right. season, but the season after that. And I think the most realistic possibility is that Kobe plays like Kobe. You know, maybe a little bit of improvement, some maybe a bit of a jump in the efficiency, but I, you know, I don't expect him to go out there and you know be sixth man of the year. He might be close if he might put up some numbers, but I don't expect him to be like a Jordan Clarkson type of guy off the bench, like a Tyler Hero type of guy off the bench. He's gonna hopefully be a big scorer for us more than he was last year because we needed him in that bench role to to initiate the offense, but he just wasn't good enough last year. So, like I said, I think he'll get dealt at the deadline. Or if he's playing well and the Bulls are winning and in contention to make a run, I think that the Bulls will hold on to him, like you said, and then probably try to do a sign and trade in the offseason because that's what we see with a lot of restricted free agents these days. Yeah. And that would be fine. If we can, you know, either way, if we can get some value for Kobe because we're probably going to lose him, like you said. I don't think he's going to be on the team in the next two seasons. No. But anyway, enough about Kobe White. DeMar DeRozan, big deal for him with Nike. Four years to be, as I saw on one tweet, the face of the Kobe shoe brand, right? Well, right. Yeah, so he signed the deal with Nike, and as we know, DeMar DeRozan is a Kobe's guy. Kobe's every single game. Um, And, I mean, that's just so meaningful nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Good for him, man. Good for DeMar. He's, what? Like he's thirty three now, yeah. and he just signed a four year deal. So, well, I mean, that's just what you get when you play like an yeah, absolute stud, for him, right? You know, you don't see a lot of guys this age signing shoe deals. You see them already on shoe deals, but uh-huh. Nike, and he's got the Nike deal. Like he wears the the Kobe's. It's it fits. You know, it's a perfect fit for him, right? Four years, he'll yeah. be repping Kobe's till the yeah. end of his career. Oh, yeah. so and even when he's done, he'll still be big Nike Kobe guy. And I I love that about Demar. You know, he's. He's a char- he's got that character and he's got that he's a drippy guy, you know. He Demar knows how to how to dress. No, he does, yeah. Whether it's his on the court apparel or if it's off the court his outfits, you know, him, you know, he's always been repping the Nike's even in the tunnels, stuff like that. So it's pr- it's perfectly fitting that he gets the contract, especially after the year he just had. Nike locks up their guy and uh I wouldn't expect anything less. Right, right. Yeah, no, that that's good to see. I'm trying to think of some of the other players that were, obviously there's a ton of players that wear Kobe's. I'm trying to think of uh, Devin Booker's a Kobe guy. Devin Booker. I'm guessing Jason Tatum wears Kobe's just yeah. as, Oh, that's, he loves that's him. Uh, he's he loves obsessed him. with Kobe Bryant. He thinks he's the second coming. 
We, we won't get into that, but um, <laughs> I got you today. <laughs> but obviously, the number one face of the Kobe's right now in the league is Demar Derozan, so it's only fitting that he yes, resigns that deal. I obviously I don't follow shoe contracts, so I did not know he was up for another contract. Zach Levine got a, a contract with it was Adidas, four year contract with Adidas. Good for him again. Got you know bunch of Bulls players that are getting some rec- representation in the in the shoe in the shoe game. So it's time for does Zach Levine have his own Adidas shoe? I think he's gonna get one. I think part of his contract was getting his own signature shoe. I think uh, that it's needs in the works. to happen. Yeah, it does need to happen, especially with like, with his bounce. I want to see what he comes up with. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's gonna be so. It's cool. gonna have some insane yeah. soul in the oh, shoe yeah. or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some, no. air, some of that air foam maybe at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> He's gonna be jumping off a trampoline. Like I've got to see. Not that the guy movies. needs more help jumping, but oh, you know, we did you see the Alex Caruso court? No, you did not see this. Oh wait, at his college in Texas. Yeah, right? is it Texas A and M? Um, is, I think that's where he went yeah. to school. Texas A and M. They, I saw they gave him a statue. There's a statue of him out there or something like that. There, well, there's a plaque. A plaque. I know that that's for what it sure. Is. Yeah, plaque. And it has the Lakers jersey. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's cool though. I, you know. We saw Iowa with his jersey retirement. Now Alex Caruso, I don't know why he's wearing a Lakers jersey, but no, but that's okay. Everyone who showed up to the the uh, opening of the court, who started playing there, they're all wearing the the Bulls, the Bulls yeah, number yeah. six jersey. So he did win a ring with the Lakers too. So I guess you got no. I mean that's why obviously <laughs> no, that that makes complete sense. But I don't know. I just love Alex Caruso so much. It's it's cool to have. I'm so glad he's on our team, man. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I would hate for him to, to have to play against a guy like that. And obviously, he's not a superstar, but he's just a winning player, and you just don't want him to have to play against those guys. No. And and he loves golf. <laughs> he's, he does. He's like really into golf this summer. He's got a good swing. He was at the uh, the event up in was it the Lake Tahoe course with uh, Curry, with uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Pat McAfee. AJ Hawk, all those guys. He was up there, I think, playing too. And he's been working a lot. I know he's been on a couple of podcasts talking about his golf stuff. And, you know, he's welcome to come on our show and talk about his golf game. Of course. We, we like golf. <laughs> we we'll, love golf. <laughs> we'll talk about. We won't even mention basketball, Alex. <laughs> we'll talk about Scooby-Doo. I don't care. We'll talk about anything with this dude. Are you right, kidding me? Right. That'd be such a great episode. That would. Have he's, such a good, he's such a smart guy he's to talk to. He's a funny guy too. Yeah. That, oh, and such, like you said, such an intelligent yeah. basketball mind. I'd love to just, I mean, it's going to be way too much for us Jim Mox to understand, but he'd start talking about his defensive schemes, and we'd just be like, like uh-huh, uh-huh, whoa, uh-huh, right. No, that would be. And the only thing that'll be going to my head is, Caruso, Caruso. <laughs> There's five Caruso's out there. Well, that'd be interesting, right, to talk about. It's always funny to see how these players react to their uh, nicknames that Stacey King gives them. AC Fresh, is that? AC Fresh. <laughs> I mean, Caruso had so many nicknames already. The Bald Mamba. Yeah. Like, the Caruso. <laughs> the Caruso. Like, he doesn't, Stacey had his, Stacey got to take the day off with that one. No, oh, yeah, he didn't have to do any work. You know, speaking of Stacey King, me? how about we go over Stacey King's ideal starting lineup? Javante Green, Javante Green, Javante Green, 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 Alex Caruso, Javante Green, Alex Caruso. Now you're just being a clown. Dude. That's it. Those are the guys. There's five Javantes out there, but what happens if there's three Javantes and two Alex Russos? I think that's probably better. And all they do is post up on offense. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta love Stacy King. The Bulls announcer. We got lucky with uh, with Stacy and Adam. Adam means great. 
I was a little skeptical uh, after Neil Funk leaving because he was a voice of Chicago for so many years. He was voice of the Bulls. And Chicago, all Chicago teams, I feel like, have had such iconic announcers and play-by-play guys. Speaking of, you know what I loved? What? Towards the end of the season, it was last season, uh, Neil Funk got to Neil do that I was going to say, are you going to talk about He did that one quarter, and, and Adam Amin like, gave him the mic. He didn't even talk that whole quarter. Adam Amin said, here, get on the mic. You get to do the whole quarter. And it was like it was so cool seeing Neil Funk, hearing Neil Funk call this Bulls game. And you can see like he, he still follows. Yeah. The way he pronounced all the, everyone's name. Yeah. Like, and I can't imagine Ayo DeSumo is too hard of a name oh, to yeah. pronounce, but, yeah. I mean, he – no problems right. there. He, you can tell he's just he cares and, so and much. And him about and Stacy like they act like they never they act like they've been working together for the last three years. You know, like oh yeah, it was nothing. It, it, it they was were best buds still. They they had their similar banter that we've grown you know accustomed to, the the nationwide commercials and all the, the bites that they do exactly. And Stacy always making fun of his age and how he's not hip. Uh-huh. It's it's awesome, man. And but Adam Amin has come in and like. Adam means a guy. Like he's one of the guys in, in play by play. He does football. He does baseball. He does basketball. You know, on Sunday games in during the NBA season, we don't hear Adam because he's busy doing nationally televised football yeah. games. He, you know, he's done college football. So the fact that we have him as our team announcer, I know he had been the cool. guy for a while, and then we, I was, oh, Adam means set to be the new Bulls uh, play. I'm like, what? That's, hey man, we. Instead of paying the players at that point, we're like, let's just pay the announcers, and you know, <laughs> we'll put we'll give Jabari Parker a, a two year contract, and then we sign Adam Amin to a you know yeah. ten year deal or something. Yeah. <laughs> super max, yeah, super max. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but Chicago sports, man, they have some great announcers like Harry Carey, Hawk Harrelson, Pat Foley just retired. Yeah. Like Eddie Olszewski, you know, is again Eddie Olszewski is like the Mike Breen of the NHL, where he's like. The nationally televised game. Uh-huh. He does the Stanley Cups. But we also, you know, the Knicks is Mike Breen's team. And then Eddie Olszczyk was the Chicago Blackhawks guy. But. Right. And then how are you not going to mention um, the Bears? Oh, oh, Jeff Joniak, obviously. Jeff Joniak, yeah. yeah. I mean, radio radio announcers, too, man. We got so many good radio announcers. Every team, except Len Casper, that traitor. Anyway, sorry. He's actually really good. But I think Chuck Skorsky is great. Skorsky... Um, Bill Wennington, that's a great team. Great team. Um, Pat Hughes on for the Cubs, an iconic voice. Jeff Joniak on the Bears with Tom Thayer. I, Chicago is just full of uh, great commentators. You can't really go wrong listening to a Chicago game or watching a Chicago game. You don't really have to know much, but you can hear those guys talk, and they'll they'll help you not only understand what's going on, but be entertained while it's happening. Yeah, so I, I was a delivery driver for a long time, and – my only means of watching the game, or I shouldn't say watching, but my only w- means of getting the content was through the radio. Right. But the way Chuck and Bill, obviously they're trained to do it. It's their job. There's a reason that people still listen to the radio when they have to get, you know, the content. Yeah. But the details and just the skill that those guys have to have to paint a picture and make the game come to life as you're listening to it. So impressive. And I would never say I would rather listen to it on the radio than watch the game, but it's almost at that point, but it's, that's how good they are. It's not at that point, but it does add something extra. It does. Yeah. It, it is something special to paint that picture in your mind. Um, some of the calls and the the energy within those calls 
And Demar pulls up. Do you know how hard it is to paint a, a picture of a basketball game on radio? Because you can't you can't see what's happening. TV announcers, you can kind of just like you know people are well, they're fallback watch that it. they can see it yeah, for themselves. Exactly. On the radio, you have to tell everything that's going on and you can't make it sound like you're just saying, oh, so-and-so passes to him. So-and-so passes to him. The shot, it's good. And then they have the ball. Yeah, like You have to make it entertaining. Like You have to make it entertaining while also giving the play-by-play. And Swirsky and, and uh, Bill, they do such a good job. Yeah, and another huge thing is their job is not just to describe the events happening on the basketball court. It's describing the energy and all events happening within the arena during that <clears throat> right. game. So whether that be the crowd, what they're chanting, um, what the opposing coach is doing, what your home coach is doing, what they're saying, what they're yelling, all of that stuff, it just adds some of the stuff you can't even get from watching it because when you understand you know, what an assistant coach on the opposing team's bench is getting up and screaming to a player and they're describing that, that's just it's another texture yeah. of of what's happening. So and and they had a rough season too. Like they had COVID throughout the season. There was a couple of times where I know on the TV broadcast, Casey Johnson had to be summoned out of the crowd doing his you know reporting to yeah. come to a quarter or half of a basketball game right. because um, I don't remember exactly what happened. I think someone got told to have COVID in the middle of the game and they had to leave and go into quarantine. Yeah. And they, they were signing ten day contracts for random announcers to come in. You know, just we need people in the booth. We need people in the studio because. They had, I know, um, I think Swirsky was on um, Bull Central, and I watched that interview, and he talked about how how hectic it was last season, and you know, how, he didn't let that affect his 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 you know his play by play. They were able to come, you know, still come to work and do the games and sound just as active and vocal as ever. And right. and I know we've been talking about this commentary for a little bit, but it's. We're lucky in Chicago, you know. The teams might not, not always be the greatest. We might have, like, the worst luck in sports in Chicago, but we have some great announcers. We some do. great voices. But there's one thing that beats going, uh, listening to it on the radio, one thing that beats watching it on TV, on NBC Sports, plus being within the environment in the United Center watching those games. When they say the Madhouse on Madison, they're not lying. No. It's you know, and we're talking to Bulls fans, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone to games. But for those, but who there's a lot of listeners that we have that aren't from Chicago, right? Right. So, if you can, if you ever can, and you're in Chicago during the Bulls season, you got to get to a game. Go watch us play the Knicks. We'll go beat them for you. Go watch us play any team. The energy in the building again, even when we were rebuilding, even when we were rebuilding, we always were top of the league in attendance. It and does that, not matter. That says something about the fans that this team has, and. And maybe the owners should 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 realize that. Yeah, maybe the owners should realize <laughs> that no matter what happens. Well, I guess if if they know no matter what happens with this team, there's no, seats you're right. still That's be filled. The then why That's why the spend problem. the money? Right, you know they're going to come anyway. <laughs> they have to understand that it can only get better. Yeah, if we. But it's like you so think frugal. that they they'd understand what this, these fans deserve, and and try to give us something. That can compete for a championship. Not that we aren't right now, but this is just, I feel like this is as close as we're going to be for a long time. <laughs> anyway, before we get into the dark ages again. <laughs> um, it might turn into another 20-minute rant. Yeah, another 20-minute rant about ownership. <laughs> um, you know, we're in a really dry period of the NBA right now. Not much to talk about besides, obviously, the Kobe White news and then some DeMar DeRozan stuff. Obviously, we talked about Alex Caruso. 
did you have anything else you wanted to bring up about? I know we've been doing some kind of like special edition episodes the last couple of weeks about just past bull stuff and fandom and stuff like that. There is one thing that I was thinking about this morning, and that's Zach Levine. So you just think about Zach? Well, I think about all the players all the time. <laughs> one thing specifically I wanted to mention was how last year, as DeMar DeRozan become, became such an icon for us, the way he was playing, and I've mentioned this before, but I really want to see as Zach comes into a brand new season, the knee looks great. Some of the dunks he's doing and the workouts, the knee's looking really good. So him coming into the season clean slate, healthy, I want to see more of that Zach Levine love. I want to see that really bad. It There's nothing wrong with all of us Bulls fans appreciating DeMar and what he did last season because he, he carried us for a good portion of the season, especially that stretch, right. that historic stretch of games. Yep. But Zach Levine, I mean, that's our guy. And I can't wait to go back to the United Center. And when our starting lineups are announced and they announce number eight, Zach Levine, it's my favorite moment when everyone goes absolutely bonkers. So I'm excited to see almost like a rekindle of the Zach Levine I want to see that fire back in him. He played well last year. He was an all-star, but it wasn't the same Zach. And he gets a lot of his energy from the fans. Right. And I'm not here claiming that, oh, Bulls fans don't like Zach Levine anymore. That's not at all. No, what I'm but saying. it was DeMar played so well that he kind of overshadowed he did get Zach Levine. A- absolutely. And at times you're like, you know, it, 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 and it's amazing. I was, last year was technically a down year for Zach Levine. His efficiency was down a little bit, his scoring was down a little bit. Look at his numbers. But that, like, him not shooting 40% from three is, what, he shoot 38, 39% That's what, last exactly. year? Exactly. That's what I'm oh, saying. It's a down year for this guy. Like, it's Zach Levine. Like he's gonna now he's gonna be healthy, like you said. He's gonna have that fire under him. He's gonna have that, you know, spark that just he's a different athlete, and we know that, but we've seen him develop into a you know, an NBA player and a star player that you can build a team around and win with. And, you know, hopefully him and DeMar complement each other a little bit better than they did this year. Either they didn't last year. I was year, just but, yeah. gonna say that they've had a year, a season under their belt. They've had they're gonna have this off season. Obviously, we're gonna have Regiments that we need to fulfill before the season starts. They're going to have more time to play together, practice together before we hop in. We'll have the preseason. I cannot wait for them to, like you said, click even more and just share that complete Bulls energy love that we all that we all know that we all can give. That there's nothing better than seeing Zach throw down a tomahawk jam. No, on the fast break. When we were at that Mavericks game and he did that 360 <laughs> with the, the the Caruso pass or the Caruso steal Lonzo baseball pass and then like, I think I think half the the arena oh, passed dude, out. I insane. think they fainted. It was so fun. It was <laughs> such a good time and and Zach is like you said Zach is our homegrown player. You know, we 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 traded for him when he was, you know, viewed as just an athlete who could could score a little bit, can shoot, but we grew like he and the team together grew him into a you know, a, a NBA star. An NBA All Star and you know borderline superstar in this league, and, and we want him to play like that, and we want we want the Bulls fans to appreciate the kind of player that he is. Perfectly said, yeah. and of course, Bulls fans love when Vooch plays well. So when you got all those three players Vooch. playing well, 
I don't think that the United Center can even stand anymore. I don't know. For as much as the Bulls fans talked about Vooch and criticized him last year, every game that he gets announced, all you hear is Vooch. They love him. (laughs) We still love him. We still love us and Vooch. But uh, I think that that probably wraps up today's episode. It was a a fun one. You know, obviously we went over a tribute to Bill Russell, and it's sad to see him go. But um, other than that, we talked about a lot of good stuff for the Bulls. Caruso, Kobe White, DeMar, and then obviously going over just the appreciation of Zach Levine and what he's done for this team. But uh, always remember, stay, you know, stay with us, share, like, post, repost, retweet, do whatever you can to help us grow this podcast. You know, we've seen viewers from all over the place, which is we're so thankful for. And that means we're, re- you know, we have outreach in a lot of areas, but we want to continue to grow this so we can, you know, put out more content and the podcast will only get better the more once we get more viewers, you know. So, I mean, that's pretty much everything I could say. Kevin, did you have anything you want to add before we close up today? No, just make sure you run with us, guys. Always run with us. Rest in peace, Bill Russell.